right every day, amen? We serve an awesome, awesome God. He's worthy of all of our praise, amen? All of our praise. If you bow your head with me here today, I want to read a passage of scripture to you today, found in Matthew's gospel, chapter 27, verse 51, if I could. The Bible teaches us this. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain, or in two, from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks did rent. They were broke. The veil of the temple was torn in two, from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks did rent, shake. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this beautiful day once again. Thank you, Lord, for the awesome privilege we have today to come, to lift our voices in praise, to lift our hands in adoration to you, our great God, that created and formed everything that we see, everything that we know, including ourselves. And you said it was good because you're good, God, and your love. And we thank you for that today. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that each one of us have today to fellowship with each other and with you. We thank you, God, for the privilege we have to hear your word that will be taught today, God, that will be spoken here today in this sanctuary, in our classrooms. Thank you, Lord. I praise you because your son is that word. I praise you because he came, he lived, and he died. And praise God, he lives again. Because he lives, we'll live. So I thank you for your word today, Jesus. Thank you for every person that's here today, God. Every one of them. And all those that are having to watch from home, thank you. Pray, God, your blessing, your anointing upon each one. Our ears tonight, God, I pray for a special anointing. You gave us these ears to hear what thus says the Lord and I pray that you would anoint these ears to hear only you tonight I pray God that you would anoint our hearts to receive your word tonight and I pray God that you would anoint our hands and our feet and our mouths to be your instruments as we walk to and fro in this earth letting our light shine to those that we come around every day thank you so much God because your word says that your word will not return in you void. So I know, God, these words are not going to fall out of my mouth to the ground. But, Lord, that they will be prosperous because you anoint it, Lord. Once again, we thank you and we praise you for this opportunity. And ask God, again, that you would be pleased with everything that's done and said here tonight. In the precious name of Jesus, our soon coming King, our Lord and our Savior, our rock and our shield our provider, our everything. In his name tonight, God, we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Can you give him a hand clap of praise tonight? Come on, a little bit more. Give him a hand clap of praise. He's worthy, amen. Use those hands for what they were created for, amen, to worship him and to praise him. You may be seated. We're going to turn loose our teachers and, our, and some of our young folks tonight. Amen. It's just good to have you in the house of the Lord, amen. 
Awful lot going on right now. God's good, amen. God is good. Telling somebody the other day, I've been, I've been uh, pastoring church for 18 years, been preaching God's word for 23, and I ain't never, amen. I'll leave it right there. I ain't never. But uh, I also hadn't never seen a time where God's hand of blessings has been moving more and more than it has now. So God is great and faithful, amen. If you have your Bible, want to go to Joshua chapter 6 with us, verse 1. Put your finger there. I read the scripture to you in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51. Where God's word speaks of when Jesus gave his life on the cross and he took his last breath and he died. The Bible says he gave up the ghost, right? The King James says he gave up the ghost. When that happened, immediately the veil in the temple was rent in two from top to bottom. The title of this message today is Tearing Down Walls. That's the, that is the, that's the theme that God laid on my heart for our church, this church, Gethsemane, right here in Hodges. I don't know about every other church, but right here. Is tearing down the walls in 2022. Tearing down the walls in our communities, tearing down the walls in our own personal lives, tearing down the walls in your church, tearing down the walls, etc., right? Just tearing down those walls. This passage of scripture here found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27 and verse 51, is significant to this message because this veil was a wall. Amen? I don't know if you've looked at it like that before, but that's exactly what it was. This wall, interesting enough, God told them how to build the temple, how that the tabernacle had to be built. He laid that out clearly to them. This veil was a part of that, and men are the ones who hung this veil. That's, that is significant because man is the reason the veil was there to begin with. Amen? We've always in our lives, men, right? When I say men, meaning the creation of man, men and women, right? It's just within us to put up walls. We immediately... When things don't go right or when there's situations in our lives, there's walls that go up, right? Well, Adam and Eve were the first builders of the first wall when they sinned. There was a wall that had to be, that was put between a dividing uh, uh, instrument, if you will, that divided us from God at that moment. Not because God didn't love us, but because God did love us, amen? His righteousness at that moment would have done nothing but destroy man because of the sin that was in their life. The Bible clearly says that the wages of sin is death. And because he's so righteous and because man was so sinful, this veil had to be placed in the temple which would separate the glory of God from the sinful man. Amen? So this wall was constructed, right? It was given to them by God, said here's what you're going to have to do. Build it such and such. Hang it right here in front of the Holy of Holies as Brother Ron taught us about here last week. What an awesome message last week. Those of you that were here and heard it, powerful message. But that veil was hung there to separate us from him, him and us, right? Because again, that righteousness of God would have consumed us because of our sins. So that veil represented that wall. It's interesting, though, that that veil was not made of, of a solid uh, um, type like a wall or a brick wall or a block wall. It was never intended to be there permanently. God always intended for that wall to be removed. And just like you and I in the life we live today, God's intention is not that the walls that are in your life that separate us from him, he never intends for those walls to remain. And that's why Jesus came. See, Jesus is a wall knocker downer, if that's such a thing. Amen? That's his job, right? There's a lot of people that construct things. Jesus is all about tearing them down. Amen? That's why he came, to tear down sin that's in this world and reunite you and I back with our Father again where we, commute, where we can commune with him each and every day whenever we want to. Amen? Because of the sacrifice that he made. This is why the veil was rent in two from the top to the bottom so nobody could boast and say, man did that. 
right? God did it. God did it. He removed the veil that man put up, henceforth revealing himself to us. So that's, why we're, that's what we're going to talk about tonight, tearing down those walls. You may have walls in your life. I've got walls in my life. If all of us are honest in here, but some people here is probably thinking, Preacher, I ain't got no walls up. I ain't got no walls up. Yeah, you do. First of all, you got your line. Amen? But we all sometimes put walls up, right? It's just a natural thing, like I said. And we all do it differently. Sometimes you don't even realize you're putting the wall up, but you put the wall up, right? We just do it instinctively sometimes. So how are you and I to grow closer to God? How are we going to, in 2022, how are you going to grow rather closer to God? we got to remove the wall. And I think it's very interesting here to take a look at in Joshua chapter 6. He gives us the blueprint on how to make sure that we remove these walls that either we've put up or somebody else has put up, which again separates us from the love of God. As I said to you earlier, God's intent was never to separate himself from us. God's intent was to be with us. You remember in Genesis, the Bible says he walked with Adam in the cool of the evening. He was constantly found with Adam. But because of sin, he was forced, right, to separate himself from man, as I said to you, that he would not destroy man. So let's take a look at how this is possible. How do we get rid of these walls that are in our lives, right, that we, that we strengthen our relationships with God ourselves, with our church family, with our community, those types of things, right? Well, the first step that you see here when you read this, let me read all six, all five verses rather, and we'll break it down. But read it with me if you want to. Now, Jericho, the Bible says, was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none came out, right? These walls were fortified. They put these walls up to protect them from the outside world. Here again, it shows that man constructed the walls. These weren't just any wall like you and I see right here beside us. These walls here are double 5-8 sheetrock, right, which is intended to keep the noise out. But that was nothing compared to these walls. These walls were wide enough, according to history, that you could ride a chariot around the walls. That's how thick they were, how fortified Jericho was. It was a formidable wall that was placed between them and the outside world. Their intent was not to let anybody in that they didn't want to let in. Would you agree with that? That was their intent. You would be having a hard time with a hammer and a chisel trying to get through this wall. In fact, I would tell you Jesus would be returned before you ever got through that thing. Right? It would be, it's futile. So you can see their intent was to make sure that nobody got into where they were. So it says it was fortified. In verse 2, and the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. It's already yours. Verse 3, the Bible goes on to say, And ye shall come past the city, right, circle it, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shall you do this six times, or rather for six days. Go around it one time, do this six days in a row. Verse 4, And seven priests shall bear, shall bear before the ark, the Ark of the Covenant, right? Seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. Verse 5. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Interesting here that God didn't say the wall was going to fall in or out, but that the wall would fall straight down. Okay, 
Once again, just to remind people that man didn't push the wall over and man certainly didn't push it out. God dropped it right where it stood. Amen? He took it completely down right in front of them, which allowed the children of Israel then to compass the city. And that's exactly what God's plan, as I said to you, is for you and I in this life that we live. See, if he'd have pushed the wall down in, look at all the trash they'd have had to get across to get in there and fight for what they were doing. But instead he just dropped it right in front of them so they could just go right over the top of it and that wouldn't be an obstruction to them any, any longer. That's important. God, again, doesn't intend to put, to put obstacles in front of us. God gets a bad rap a lot of times. You hear people say, God, why did you do that to me? God, why did that happen? Or God, why, God, why, God, why? We blame God all the time, right, for these obstacles in our lives. The reality is, unless we let God tear the wall down, if we're trying to tear the wall down ourselves, we just create more obstacles for ourselves. Amen? You've got to let God do it. So let's take a look at it. So this is what happened in Joshua chapter 6. Verse 1 through 5, and there's more to it that, but you get the jest here. The walls came down, and the children of Israel compassed the city and took the city. So how do we drop these walls in our lives? How do we get rid of them? The first thing you see here in verse 3, Brother Danny, if you'd put that back up for me, the first thing that happens is you got to get up and take action. Amen? Get up and take action. I love the fact here that it says that you'll compass the city here. He said, thus shalt thou do for six days, compass it one time. Six days. Days, he said, compass it one time. The six is a number of man when you read in the Bible, which teaches us, right, that this is what you and I have to do. He said, I want you to compass the city one time and do it for six days, which points to you and I and says, you just do what I ask you to do, right? See, God asks you and I to do the possible, and he does the impossible. This is why he said do it six times, to letting us know this is what he requires of you and I. That wasn't no big task for those men to pass around the city. All they had to do was walk around the walls of the city. That was it. One time for six days. How difficult is that? How difficult? But I would imagine there was probably some folks probably complaining, thinking, why are we walking around these old crazy walls? Somebody was probably questioning God. Now, they did it, right? But I'm sure some people was questioning God. But that's what was possible. That's their part, Brother Ralph, that God asked them to do. Sometimes, if you want those walls removed in your life, we got to take action ourselves too. We can't just sit back. I've heard people say this for many, many years. And I get what we're trying to say, right? Well, I'm just going to see if God, God can do it if he wants to do it, so there ain't nothing I can do to make a difference. Right? God's going to do what God's going to do. And I would agree with that to a point. But I also know God requires you and I to do something too. Amen? He requires you and I. Yes, God can do it if he wants to, but he wants you and I to take the first steps. Right? What does that do? It shows God the intent of your heart. It shows him, A, that you got confidence and faith in him and trust in him. Number two, it, it shows that you yourself, right, want this, this thing to happen. You want the walls removed in your life. It shows our heart. If we're not 100% into what we're doing, do you think God's going to be 100% into it? This is why I tell people all the time, you come up and pray and seek God for salvation. Be intentional about your prayer. Amen? Don't just come up here and ramble off and stumble and stammer around and just go pray and go through the motion just because somebody told you to do it or you felt pressure to do it. If you don't have the passion in your heart and you don't believe what you're doing, then how do we expect God to move? He can, right? But he wants a willing heart, amen? Sound like I tell people all the time, you remember rainbow vacuum cleaners? Expensive things, are they not? First question I got for somebody, look, if y'all selling rainbow vacuum cleaners and you're going to come to the preacher's house, I'm going to ask you, do you have one? 
Make sure you own one because if you don't own one, there's no need in you going through that speech because it shows me that you don't believe in what you're selling, right? There's no passion behind it. There's no, you didn't, there was, there was nothing that, you know, you're trying to sell me something that you don't believe in yourself. Is that right? So sometimes we're asking God to remove walls in our lives that we don't even believe can be removed anyway. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, that's true. We find ourselves just asking God, oh God, if you don't move it, I don't know what. And God's like, well, if you don't move, I don't know what either. Think about it. Had the children of Israel right here not got up and marched around those walls one time for six days straight, would those walls have came down? I don't think so. Now, God could do it. He could do it without them doing it. But again, if you want walls removed in your life, the first thing that has to happen is we've got to take action ourselves. Right? Do our part. That's why I used the number six. This is man's part. This is what is possible. This is something. God, God didn't ask him to do something miraculous, did he? Nowhere in here does it look like he's telling them to do something miraculous. You know why God don't ask us to do the miraculous? Because we're not equipped to do the miraculous. Right? If you hear some preacher stand up and talk about what he did, how many people he's healed, how many people he saved, get out of the building. Amen? Because man can't save nobody. Amen? Only Christ can. God can, right? That's it. Man certainly can't heal anybody because we don't have the power to do that. God heals. He uses us. He gives us the power, right, to lay hands on the sick, to believe and proclaim, and God does the healing. You with me? So again, our part, God does the miraculous. He doesn't ask us to do something supernatural. In our lives, these walls that are up in our lives, these mountains that are in front of us, we sometimes feel like we got to do this supernatural thing to get them to move. But all we got to do in reality is just move. Amen? That's it. You'll never get to Greenwood just sitting here thinking about getting to Greenwood. Think about it. How many of you guys, me, myself included, can sit here? I'm going to give you 30 seconds. That's too long. i got a lot to say. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to get yourself to Greenwood just by thinking about it. Ready? Go. Y'all still here? Can't do it, right? The only way to do it is to put action behind your thought, right? You've heard me say this many, many times in my ministry. I can take these keys out of my pocket, and I can believe that they'll start the truck or start my truck outside. But if I don't go outside and put them in there and turn it, I'm not going to know. You're not going to know. It takes action in order to see faith unlocked. Amen? It takes action to see faith unlocked. Two, how do you remove these walls? I love verse 4 here, if you can, Brother Danny. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. First thing we got to do is get up and take action. Do our part. Understand that God does the miraculous. We just got to do our part. Second, if we, as we march, you and I should worship God knowing that His perfect will will be done. On our way to take action, we ought to be praising God. Amen? We ought to be worshiping God because we know that His perfect will is going to be done. 
Hence, he uses the number seven. The seven here represents completion or the perfect will of God. Amen? That's what it represents. So he says here, when you do your part going around that thing six times now, on this day, he tells them here, he said, I want you to compass the city seven times. Seven times. But I don't want you to just compass the city seven times. I want you to take the trumpets with you. Amen? The trumpets and the ram's horns. I mean, you can see here, God's ready to pour out revival. Amen? His intent here is, to, is, to, is absolutely to shake the foundations of the children of Israel and the surrounding communities, those that are around that area, to let them know that God is in the house. Amen? When you see him get those trumpets and those ram's horns out, and he tells these guys, I want you to march around these walls seven times. And when you get around it seven times, he goes on to tell them here in the next verse to blow those trumpets, right? So as they're marching around, can you not see the children of Israel, right? They get around that one time, two times, three times, and you start to feel the presence of God begin to move, amen? You can almost see the Holy Ghost begin to move fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time. And they know what's going to happen because Joshua's already told them that when you hear that sound and you blow those trumpets, those walls are coming down. Can you imagine the anticipation in the children of Israel as they march around, counting it off, how many times they've been around. And the closer they get to seven, man, they start to pick them trumpets up. They start to pick those ram's horns up, those shofars, and they get ready to blow them because they know what's about to happen. Amen? So when you and I take action and we start walking towards what God's telling us, we ought to worship and praise Him because you know the outcome. Every single one of us know the outcome, right, because we've read His Word. And this is why He tells us to know His Word, to study, to know His Word, right, that we're not ashamed, workmen need to not be ashamed. Because if you know the Word and you trust in what you're, what you're reading and you start to take action when God tells you to take action, then you know the outcome. Victory is imminent, right? If we take action and we trust God, we get out there, get prepared, get ready to worship, right? Get ready to shout and sing praises to God. What does that show God? There is a belief, amen? There is a belief, there is a trust, there is a confidence in Him. And that's all God's ever wanted all us to do. Is that right? He hasn't, it's not, it's not been about, ever been about our money, although He requires that, right, that the work of the Lord continues. But so many people are misled believing that, that that's all the church wants is your money. And I will confess to you that there are some churches out there that's all they care about is your money. But God don't need our money. He can do, it, he can do whatever he wants to do, right? He, don't forget he owns it all. Is that right? That's what he said. It's not about, it's not about the money. It never has been. It's never, it's never been about your service, although he requires that, right? That the work of the Lord gets done. But it's never been about your service, my service, the money, whatever you want to make it. It's always been about somebody trusting and believing in God. That's all he's ever wanted is for us to believe in him. What did Jesus say? He said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. He goes on to say in John's gospel, believe in, you believe in him, believe in, or believe in me, believe also in him, and believe also, you know, he kind of touches and gets a little tongue tied there, right? But basically, if you believe God, believe in me. If you believe in me, believe in God. If you see me, you've seen him. Just believe. He told that man that, right, whose son was possessed. He said, just believe. All God wants you and I to do is trust and believe in him. So if you want those walls to come down in your life, take action. But as you take an action, get ready to worship. Amen? Start praising him. I love this. I talked to Sister Wanda last night. Those of you who don't know it, Sister Wanda uh, had, I told you, to be praying for her. She had a golf ball-sized growth in her, a tumor in her head. Had that removed today. 
I remember talking to Sister Wanda. She called me the day she left the hospital, and they told her that they found that. She was so excited. I was like, wait a minute, because that's just not normal, right? Most people are all tore up. Can you come over and talk to me? Can you pray with me for preacher? I'm just a mess. She was excited. She said, Mark, let me tell you what, let me tell you what I just heard. And I said, okay, and she told me. She said, I'm so excited because I know God's fixing to do something great. When I called her last night to pray with her before she went, she just she was so elated. You know what she said? She said, I hope when they get in my head, they see the word of God. That's what she said. I said, praise God, I pray they do too. I pray they do too. And she was so excited. She said, God is going to use this to bless somebody. That is praising God as you're marching around the walls. Amen. She is counting on God to drop that wall that's in front of her, this big old mountain in front of her that somebody would probably say, hey, you might die when they try to take. She just said, I'm just putting in God's hands, right? And I'm going to do what he said. I'm going to take action and move, and I'm going to watch God do the rest. Amen? <laughs> easily said, but not easily done when you're in that situation. But I watched her do it, and I heard her do it, and I shouted and rejoiced with her. And she did so well. So everything went great. And said they said she's doing so great that they're probably going to take her out of ICU tonight or tomorrow. Just spend one night in ICU. Doing great. God's good. Amen. All we got to do is trust and believe in him. Take action and begin to praise him. Right? That's all this was about. Man, as they were marching around those walls, God wanted them people inside there to know. Right? When they seen these trumpets that there was, was going to be a celebration happening. The only time your celebration happens is when your victory happens. Amen. Y'all remember back in the 80s, the Icky Shuffle? Right? What was his number, Noel? 44. Number 44. Amen. Cincinnati Bengals. He would score a touchdown, and he had a dance called the Icky Shuffle. I would show you, but it looked like I was having a seizure. <laughs> Google it. Called the Icky Shuffle. Right? Everybody would, man, he was selling tickets the Bengals wasn't all that great but and it, exactly <laughs> Dallas fan so they wasn't that great but man they were packing the stadium because they just knew that if a touchdown was scored by that dude they was fixing to get a show he was going to celebrate right that victory of scoring that touchdown well, see, that's the way it is with us. Man, when they were marching around these walls, you could see the, the, the people from Jericho looking at it going, what in the world? Is these people lost their mind. But they wasn't too stupid, I don't believe, to understand that where there's music, there's a celebration coming. And if they're prepared, prepared for a celebration, that means somebody's about to lose, right? And victory is imminent. See, I told you all a couple of weeks ago, I don't believe everybody wins. I believe, I believe there's some losers, right? There's some losers, but you and I as children of God win every time, every time, right? And those folks inside those walls had to know that they were about to lose, that victory was coming because these old boys were carrying these trumpets and these ram horns and they were preparing to worship. Third, if we're going to see walls come down in our lives in 2022, we've got to listen, listen for the voice of God in his direction, and, and allow him to direct our path. Amen? So the key here, when you look, look, you look over here in verse 5, if you can. Thank you, buddy. It shall come to pass that when they make a loud blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, listen. These folks were marching around with these 
horns and these trumpets, right? These guys in the front. The rest of the children of Israel are marching around and you know they were listening intently with their ears waiting to hear the sound of the trumpet, the sound of the ram's horns because when they heard that, the Bible says that all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat. If we want the walls to be removed in our lives in 2022 or whatever it is in your church, in your community or wherever it may be, we've got to listen intently to the voice of God. Right? As he gives direction for us and then do what he tells us to do. Right? It's one thing to hear the trumpet sound, but again, had they not shouted at the moment that the trumpet sounded, as God proclaimed to them, would the walls have came down? I don't think so. God had a specific plan. God's got a specific plan for your life and for my life. The way we're going to see that enacted in our lives the only way we're going to see the walls moved in our lives is to be active in what we're pursuing and, and, and we have to make sure that we're ready to praise Him because we know victory is imminent and then we've got to make sure that we're listening intently. The Bible says that Jesus said, He said, My sheep know my voice. And the reason He told us that is it's important for us to listen to the voice of God, not to the voices of everything else. But to make sure that you're listening intently, right, and make sure you hear him and move when he tells you to move. Amen? And then you'll see the walls. He said, then the walls shall fall down flat when that happens. And the people shall ascend up every man straightway before him. No more walls separating us from the victory that God has intended. Remember, in verse 1 he said, I've already given it to you. Amen? He told Joshua, I have already given it to you. So nothing's going to stand between you and I and him, right, that we don't want to stand there. It only separates us when we allow it to be there or when we build it, okay? This is one of those times where you build it, they will come, this isn't it. If we build it, we'll separate God. But if we'll listen to him and tear those walls down, he will come, amen? And we can get to him. That's just, this is where he teaches us to seek him while he may be found, I love 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. Most of us could quote this backwards and forwards, right? Most people quote it all the time. But let's slow down and read it just a minute. What you're going to see right here in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 is the exact same thing. This is what Solomon penned, and he was saying to the children of Israel here at this time when the temple was finished. He says this to them, and God still says it to us today, but it's the exact same blueprint that God gave to Joshua in Joshua chapter 6. Exact same thing. Just worded different. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek. This is our part, man. Right? This is what we have to do. Get up, take action. Remember, I read that to you first. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, take actions, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin, and tear down that wall. Amen? Heal that land. Heal this land right here, this land, and all those other lands that you and I have. Those walls that we put up wherever they're at, God said he'll heal that if we'll do these things. These same three things right here are in this exact same paragraph that we just read. Same blueprint. It doesn't change. God intends for us to move. He intends for you and I once we take that action, he intends for us to, to worship him 
to prepare for worship, to understand that if we seek him, we'll find him. And he expects for you and I to listen to him and carry out the plan. And when we do that, victory happens. Then's when the shouting happens, right? This celebration happens. Remember the children of Jericho at this time that they said that the walls were shut up straightway because of the children of Israel. See, that, that tells me there's already been some shouting happening. Amen? See, if you go back and read this, this wasn't the first set of walls that God dropped. He had been, the children of Israel had been blazing a trail. When they left out of, when they left out of exile and they finally get across here to the Jordan River, man, they began to set a blaze that, that area there because God intended for them to. And it was noised abroad, man, the children of Israel are marching this way. Amen? They're coming this way. And it caused the enemy to just pull himself back in and surround himself out of fear. I want you to get this today if you get nothing else that I'm telling you. If, you, if you're sleeping on me, wake up for just a minute. Okay? Listen. If you get nothing else, if you and I will praise God and believe in his word and we'll take action and begin to worship him, if we'll do those things, Satan will pull back in fear because he knows that if you and I are marching toward what God's plan is, guess who else is marching with us? I don't know about that preacher. Well, let's go back over to Joshua chapter 6 because you saw them carrying what? The Ark of the Covenant. And where was it? First. It was in the front. God was with them. Amen. And so it was noised abroad that here comes God and the children of Israel. And man, if you got anything against them, you better get out of town because God is going to destroy them. Listen, Satan... Satan just, man, if you and I get to a place with God when we don't have any walls between us and him, Satan is no effect. He is, in fact, making sure he avoids you and me because of the Father that's in us. Amen? The Jesus that's right here. He don't want no part of him. He's already dealt with him. Right? He already knows the end. Jesus conquered him. So he don't want a part of him. If you've ever been whipped on a school property, by somebody that you mouthed off to, you didn't want no more part of that, did you? Right? In fact, you probably did your best to, to go out of your way to go around that person next time. that right? Most of us, some of us hard-headed enough to just dive back in there again. Right? Satan's that way too sometimes. He's going to test the Lord again. Well, I don't know, maybe I just had a bad day. And then Jesus just has to remind him, right? But most of us got sense enough to know to go around the other way. And Satan's no different, guys. We give him too much credit. You know I've said that for many, many years. He's no match for God. He's no match for Jesus. He's no match for us with Jesus in us. Amen. Now, if you ain't got Jesus in you, don't test him. Amen. But if you got Jesus in you, stand your ground. Amen. Stand your ground. Blow your trumpet. Worship God. Take action. Believe and trust. And just know that God's already given you, right, your victory. You just got to go get it. Right? Go get it reach on the other side of the wall and take the ground that God's already given to you. Amen? And, and I'm telling you, when you get to that side, I love uh, what um, my brother said the other day. That brain dead there, bud. Brother Lewis, <clears throat> right? God's intent is for us to get on the other side of the wall and be where he's at. Right? That's his intent. And if we can get to that place with God, wonderful things happen. Man, the, 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 the feeling and, and the presence of God in that place when you have nothing standing between you and him. We've all been there before, right? Some of you are probably there now. That's wonderful. I want to be there. I want to be there all the time with him because that's a place right there where nothing else matters. Amen? The things of this world don't matter. 
no matter what's going on, it doesn't matter because you're in the presence of God. And you know that where God is, there ain't nothing going to bother you, right? Because he's God. And he tells us that in his word, nothing, nothing is going to bother us, right? Nothing if we're in his presence. I want to pray with you here today. I appreciate you being here. It's always an honor to hear God's word. It's always an honor to be challenged by God. And this message certainly did that for me. I got there some walls, and I guess that's why he laid it on my heart for our church to tear down walls in 2022. When you think about the church, you know, we always think, yeah, our church needs to tear down walls, but the church is me and you. The only walls of the church itself didn't put up any walls. They are walls. The building. We certainly won't tear theirs down. Where well, we are, we're going to tear them down and add on. Amen. But what he's talking about is the walls in each one of our lives. We are the church. And um, when those walls get down, there's true fellowship with Christ. And there's where that oneness comes in. That one mind and one accord. Because we're all in the same place. I want to pray with you tonight and 